Thank you for tuning into the Shortwave Theater Festival on CFRC 101.9 FM. We hope you enjoyed the play we just aired. Coming up next, we present the Shortwave Theater Festival Talkback series, hosted by Mo Horner and Chris Laurie. These talks feature some of the artists involved in the Shortwave Theater Festival talking about their process around creating original radio dramas. Read more about the artists at shortwavetheater.com, and without further ado, please enjoy the talkback. could just start with everybody introducing themselves, uh, letting us know the role that you played in the process, and maybe speak to a few kind of adjectives or describe your character that you played. So we'll start with Billy, then we'll go Shannon, Elizabeth, Haley, and Anthony. Go ahead, Billy. Hi, uh, my name's Billy, and I played the Strawberry Brain character. My name is Shannon Kingston. I'm an actor and a writer from Kingston, and I play a character who's attempting to garden. Elizabeth, go ahead. Ah, uh, yes. Well, I don't think I had a name. I think I'm, I was just letter D or something like that. But my name is Elizabeth Taylor outside the play. And I like acting. What else can I say? <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Elizabeth. And we like you acting. How about uh, Haley? Go ahead. My name is Haley Sarfeld, and I don't especially like acting. Uh, I am the playwright and songwriter and singer in the play. And I also make a small cameo as a character who is picking sour cherries. Bring us home, Anthony. My name is Anthony Mann, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm the director of this production, but honestly, I. I didn't have a lot of work to do because um, this production has been blessed with, um, with several things. First of all, um, some wonderful talent, wonderful ensemble uh, of uh, talented um, uh, actors, and most importantly, just an amazing script and and musical. Um, well, it's a score. It's a it's a score. It's a it's a score. The whole <clears throat> the whole play is an aria um, written by uh, by Haley. And um, honestly, as a director, I almost feel ashamed for taking on that title. I, I coached, I guided, but at the end of the day, the performances, the, the, the talent who came in and, and that script were so strong. Um, I just got to sit back and, and really just enjoy uh, a, a lovely creative process with some wonderful creative people. Aww. If you could see us, CFRC, you would see that we are all feeling sweet about that. <laughs> Um, I'm hiding so, behind my mic. And Haley is hiding behind their mic. So I also wanted to um, learn a bit more about who you are outside of shortwave. So maybe we'll we'll go in the same order again. Billy, can you tell us a bit about um, you know your practice as an artist outside of this show, or you know a little glimpse into your everyday life? Who is Billy? Go ahead. Okay, so Billy is a poet and an engineer primarily. Uh, so I work for a small biotech company day to day. We make instrumentation for biological research and in my artistic practice, uh, I primarily do spoken word poetry. Um, you know, just writing my stuff, telling my stories, uh, writing about whatever whatever strikes me. And I love the performance aspect uh, of poetry, which is kind of what nuzzled me into shortwave here. 
I love it. I've, I've like long admired Billy's work from afar. And this was the first time that I ever actually got to like, you know, witness your beautiful art up close. So I'm glad that you joined us. Shannon, can you tell us a bit about same question? Who is Shannon? Who are you? Um, that's a question I ask myself a lot. Um, I, like I said, I'm, I'm a performer um, and these days primarily a writer. Um, so I wrote, you know, another show in the festival uh, and continue to write things right now. I'm actually doing um, uh, a graduate certificate at Centennial College in children's media. So that's kind of my next, my current adventure. I've been an administrator for four years and um, right now I'm learning about all things to do with children's media, literally all things. And um, and we'll see what that turns into next year when the program is over. Wow, I didn't know that. I have to say this question is selfishly because I want to know more about everyone's everyday life. So I didn't I didn't know that you were doing that program, Shannon. That sounds awesome. Elizabeth, <laughs> who who are you outside of a brilliant actor? Tell me a bit about yourself. Good question. I don't know who I am. I was born 83 years ago in London, England. I spent the next five years in Australia, grew up in Oxford, took my degree at Cambridge, spent some time working in New York, married a Canadian, and have now lived longer in Canada than anywhere else. I first tried acting in my 40s. I liked it and have done it ever since. It's fun. But it, I've done mostly done it on stage. This is the first time I've, I've stepped into radio. Um, I like language, and I believe that communication is very important, and acting is a good way to communicate. Yes. Oh, wow. That was the greatest summation of like 82 years, 83 years. Wow. Wow. Elizabeth, I'm so glad that you brought, brought yourself into this project. Uh, Haley, go ahead. Hi. Um, yeah. So I, who is Haley? I am an almost, I guess by the time this airs, I will be a graduate of the Master of Arts program uh, in cultural studies at Queens, um, where I've been thinking a lot about folk tales and ballads and things. And then um, I also have a background in classical and choral singing, and I've always been kind of attracted to jazz and musical theater. Um, so that's kind of where my my music writing world takes me. And before that, I was uh, an English language and literature student at Queens as well. Um, I dabbled in some spoken word poeting um, and some written poeting. Billy's nodding. Uh, Bill Billy was the the person who urged me to dabble in, in, into this dabbling. Um, and then I realized that I actually quite prefer singing. Um, yes, that that's kind of a, a scatterbrained snapshot of who I am. I love it. Great. Thanks. Anthony, go ahead. Um, I'm a, I'm a very, very lucky person because I've had, uh, I've, I've been able to enjoy a very exciting and enriching career <clears throat> as an actor, um, as a filmmaker, uh, <clears throat> and, and, and as, as a voice actor as well. Um, so I've, I've, I've made some feature films. I've, I've got five feature films that are currently in worldwide distribution. We have a sixth film, which is coming out that I'm very excited about. 
Um, I have the dubious distinction of being regarded uh, as one of the most despised portrayers of Sherlock Holmes of all time, and that's actually officially in books, and and uh, over 300 Amazon reviews <laughs> can't be wrong. Uh, however, I, I, I've actually enjoyed uh, more success um, as, as a voice actor in recent years with a company um, that I founded called uh, Bleak December that produces these wonderful, lush, full-cast audio plays with some really amazing people, like uh, I've got to work with a lot of my heroes like Malcolm McDowell and Derek Jacobi and David Warner and some 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 truly wonderful people, um, which which has led to me enjoying other work as a voice actor as well, narrating um, stories for uh, for vinyl record and such. And uh, uh, recently, I'm 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 very proud to to share that I've also uh, joined the. Uh, the the voice cast of a of a, a Gemini or sorry a Canadian TV award formerly Gemini uh, winning uh, television cartoon series for children so it, it, it's it's been it's been wonderful um, to when when I first when I first started uh, learning about storytelling and such I, I did a lot of theater coming out of high school and 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 also ended up doing a lot of radio because I have that sort of face um, and and radio theater is a passion of mine it's something that I've always uh, enjoyed and and having been able to come back to it in the last few years and 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 do it at a slightly different level uh, was fulfilling and when the short wave festival um, presented itself. This is my second year being involved. Um, I, I, I love the fact that I've been able to, to get involved as a director um, and, and, and help in, indulge, um, help indulge in something that I love, that I truly, truly love, which is again, audio drama, and, and also work with people who are, who are writing for it for the first time and, and getting involved in acting in it for the first time. And, uh, uh, you know, once again, to be, to be blessed with something of this caliber, uh, I, I, th I think makes this festival such, and, and all the plays in the shortwave festival, I think makes it something very, very unique and something, uh, uh, which I really think has a lot of legs, and uh, and I can't wait to see this festival just succeed and succeed and grow and grow and give other people an opportunity to celebrate uh, and share in what I think is probably the most exciting, accessible, uh, and uh, just creatively invigorating form of drama, the audio play. Yes. Ooh, I love it. We should, like, clip that little... 22nd, put it on the airwaves as a PSA. <laughs> I love it. Um, that's great. That's great. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm really glad this cast especially has a mix of folks that have done it, done the festival before and, and the first time, actually, I think Anthony's our only repeat, repeat member here, but, uh, well, yeah, Haley, you did work on one of them last year. You're right. Silly me, silly me. Yeah. So, uh, no, I'm glad. I'm really glad. I think, um, you know, the festival, like you said, it really does provide a lot of space for people to either do something they're seasoned at in a pretty like unprecious environment or like celebrate and try something new, which is kind of my favorite thing about it. OK, so sliding on over to the play itself has half past lunchtime written by Haley. Um, I have issued a challenge to all of you ahead of time, which is describe half past lunchtime with an adjective, a verb and a noun. Let's go around in the same order. Billy, Shannon, Elizabeth, Haley, Anthony. Take us away, Billy. Okay, so my verb is noodle, as in to noodle. Um, my, uh, my noun is glimpse, and my adjective is familiar. Oh, gorgeous. Oh my gosh, gorgeous. I hope we're gonna, I'm gonna write all these down. Uh, Shannon, go ahead. 
my adjective, verb, and noun are friendly, contemplating, bug sex. <laughs> I love it. Elizabeth, go oh, ahead. Adjective, connective, verb, explore, and noun, walk about. Oh, I love it. Okay, Haley. Yeah, so I, I, I dug deep on this one. I For my adjective, I was thinking about how it's, you know, it's kind of a little bit serious and a little bit goofy as a play. Like it's a little bit of a kind of music EP, a little bit of a radio drama. So so for my adjective, I chose half because it's, it's kind of half and half. Um, and then for the verb, I was thinking about how the protagonist is sort of passing through a lot of different places and, and is always kind of on the move. And there's also a lot of reflection backwards. So I, I went for the, the past tense of past, which is past. Um, and then in terms of nouns, I was really thinking about like, what's the connecting theme? There's a lot of food. Um, there's a sort of like hunger driven journey that, that, that sort of takes us through this. So I ended up settling on lunchtime. Ha. ha, I love it. You listeners of CFRC can't see the video, which is what's happening is that Billy uh, immediately clocked in that Haley was being cheeky. All it took was the word half and Billy clocked in. Okay, Anthony, take us home. Adjective, verb, noun. Well, you know what? Actually, I'm a man of few words. Uh, and, and part of what I do is I always try and find a way to say something in, in, in less description and get straight to the heart and soul of it. So I'm, in the, I'm, in a, I'm just going to give you one. And all the derivatives thereof can be, can be taken from it. But melody, melody, melodious. Uh, and there's other derivatives, too, that I was just thinking and I'm blanking right now. But that 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 to me is the main descriptor for this is is melody and sort of you know everything melodies at the core of, of every sentiment every scene every word every moment of this particular play is written like a song um and uh, and i can only describe it in musical terms i love it i love it that was great. I feel like I'm gonna... how, how, how do you top bug sex i mean you can't possibly top that, it's true so. Yeah, it's true so winner of the day i love it i love it and if we were airing this talk back ahead of the play people would be like bug sex tuning someone in. has to top in bug sex so that's it that's it uh okay now i want to ask you a bit we're going to go in reverse order this time anthony first you maybe mentioned a bit of this before in your answer but i'm curious if you can speak to like what specifically draws you to radio theater as a medium? So we'll start with Anthony, then Haley, Elizabeth, Shannon, Billy. Go ahead, Anthony. Sure, and, and I can compare it. Um, and anybody who's had any experience in the visual, be it theater, be it film, be it photography, be it what have you, um, with those other um, forms of media, you're limited. You're limited in many ways. You're limited by by the visual spectrum. You're limited by budget. You're limited by resources, right? Um, and that's something um, dabbling in film. One of one of the common um, threads and all reviews that you know that we that we see is you know considering considering the budget they had, they did a great job. Or you know considering the limitations they had financially, they were able to. Pull. 
But with audio, the only limitation are the boundaries of the listener's imaginations. And that's so exciting. It's so, you know, it makes it makes this pr a production like Half Past Lunchtime as competitive as something that is being produced and aired by BBC Four right now, because the limitations are really in the imagination. People at home who are listening to this, no two people. It's like reading a book. It's like reading a book with this, that extra element of the uh, of the auditory sense, right? Nobody... Nobody is going to see this the same way in their mind. Um, but what they're going to see is an endless scape, an endless scope, you know, an, an, an endless uh, uh, visual scape in that soundscape, if that makes sense. I know that sounds kind of flurry, but there, there, there are no walls in audio. Um, there are no limitations. Um, people create their own world around what they're listening to. And that's so exciting. I mean, it's really, it's, it's such an intimate thing, you know, to, 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 to take this and, and bring it in and listen to it, you know, and I've, I've got my hands to my ears here as I'm, as I'm describing my, uh, this experience. It really is such an intimate thing, but it's also the largest stage in the world because even the visual, even the visual has limitations. That screen has limitations, you know, that set, that backdrop, that setting has limitations, but in the world of audio, it's infinite. And that's why I truly, truly, truly love the format because um, you can just take your 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 listener on a journey in such a way that you can't, ex except perhaps musically, which is also uh, you know which is also aud auditory. And 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 this play is a perfect example of uh, you know of, of blending that musicality and and and, and spoken word um, and just really exploring uh, exploring the sense, the audio sense. Yeah, it's interesting that you say all that too, because, you know, putting this, this festival in its context, when, when we did the first year of it, it was in 2020, which was in the beginning, like, we started rehearsals in February, March of 2020, which is right when pandemic dawned. And I remember that limitation was both like in the actual content of the show, but also in the form. Oh, no, we can't actually gather. How will we possibly make a theater play? Oh, well, surprisingly, you know, unsurprisingly, the, the limitless nature of the radio theater form in its content was also limitless in its kind of potentials to keep people safe, honestly, and still make the work. So, yeah, interesting. All right, Haley, how about you? Why, why were you drawn to this, uh, this project? Why radio theater for you? Um, well, as a kid, I listened to a lot of those classical kids dramatized composer and story thingies. Um and it, yeah, I think that the company that made them was called Classical Kids, um, where you'd get like, Mr. Tchaikovsky, will the Carnegie Hall be ready? It's under construction. That's like, do, 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 do. they're chasing us. Like sort of intertwined music and audio drama. Um, and we also just weren't allowed to watch a lot of TV. So like, to me, that was like a very uh, big draw for my imagination. I always really liked the way that... Um, a lot of the exposition didn't have to be too obvious. Like I didn't know what Carnegie Hall was, but I knew Tchaikovsky was in New York and it was going to be a big problem for him if the construction wasn't finished. And like that kind of that trust in the audience to listen and figure things out based on context always felt really um, like, I, I think there's like a certain amount of believing in your listener that, that I, I find really engaging. And then um, yeah, in 2019, uh, Risha Andrade had reached out to me saying she'd written a play for this new shortwave festival um, and asked if I wanted to read the script and then write a song. She said it was, it felt like it was missing a song and she wanted something that would kind of have the heartbeat of the 
of the play that that would draw it together. Um, and I did that for her, and, and that was in her play, A Strong Girl. Um, and then when the the call for submissions came around, I kind of thought, hey, I could do that again, but like seven times for an entire play. <laughs> um, and I had been writing a lot about about you know the the perils of of living in a neighborhood and outdoor shenanigans and I don't know, like being exhausted from isolation and all that. So I, yeah, I, I thought it all kind of came together well as an audio drama. Oh, that's interesting, Haley. It's interesting that you're also just kind of tying that tying the timeline together a bit, right? Like shortwave the first time around aired November, 2020 call for this went out 2021, early 2021. Um, so again, we were still in resultant ice, like extreme isolation at this time. So it's interesting that the, you know, the plays in this year's festival were written in that context as well. I appreciate you setting up this timeline too. Elizabeth, how about you? That you said this is the first time you've done radio theater. What drew you to audition for the festival? Well, at the time, nobody was offering me any stage roles. I happened upon your the, the audition notice quite by chance. And so, obviously, uh, that interested me. I'm in on audition, uh, and I've never done radio, and it should be it should be fascinating. It is. It's great to be able to reach people without them being able to see one, and it, that opens up new possibilities. I grew up listening to radio drama on the BBC, which is very good. I found it very satisfying, and when television came in. It was rather come down. I mean, as several of us have said, it reduces what was the whole world to a, just a screen. And that's, that's so limiting. Uh, but, yeah. So that, that, that's from the uh, audience point of view. But for an actor, acting for radio turns out to be very different from acting on stage. One's audience is not, not there in front of one, giving one feedback on, from moment to moment. It must be reached through the microphone and, and it, doesn't, it doesn't give back. It, it's, and it's, stage acting is different every night, but once you've recorded something um, just for audio, that's it. It's the same forever. And uh, I don't know, I, I, it's kind of fun to be different every night, even if sometimes, some nights, something ghastly happens. No, it's full of potential, this radio, but I, I don't know what it might bring to me because I've only done this tiny bit. I, and. And it was, it was only a, a little separate part of, of the play. I haven't had a chance to learn much. I'd like to explore it. I'm sure it's full of possibilities. Can you um, people hear me again? Yes. Uh, yes. It's, Elizabeth, it's, as you're speaking there, I'm like, gosh, I want to write a one-woman show for you. I mean, like... I, you're you're such a talent and I'm so glad that you joined the joined the festival it's such a talent and I really hope 
listeners, email shortwave at cfrc.ca if you want to get to know any of the actors that you hear during the festival this week. I'm always so happy to to connect some of these fabulous artists with other groups in Kingston. Um, yeah, Elizabeth, thanks for thank you for your work and and sharing your talent because it was really quite astounding. So, um, and I mean that. Um, Shannon, how about you? What drew you to radio theater? Yeah, so I first started listening to uh, uh, like podcasts um, when I started my first like office job after university um, because uh, I loved I loved my office job. But the thing about me is that I need a lot of stimulation, <laughs> and, uh, and so I was listening to a lot of podcasts just like as I was doing my things around the office because it it kind of kept me sane. Um, and uh, so when uh, you know, COVID hit, obviously. Um, I was speaking with one of my co-collaborators, James, about what we wanted to do, you know, um, theater-wise. And I had been wanting to do something audio-based for a while because I really was enjoying this kind of, like, uh, medium. Um, I think for um, people who stay busy, you know, uh, audio you can just bring it with you in your pocket and it goes with you and uh you can hear these lovely voices in your head um uh, in a way that you know is very similar to like reading a book um but you can do it on the move whereas you know um reading a book uh you have to stay still for it um and uh and that that intimacy too is very appealing as an audience member and as a writer and as a performer to be right in the ear of, of whoever it is that you're um, either hearing from or, or speaking to. So that's why I came to audio theater. Um, and uh, how I came to Half Past Lunchtime is because, of course, I had submitted my own show uh, for the festival and therefore was present at auditions. And um, when Haley sent me her script saying like, oh, would you be interested in working on this? I just really loved it. And I, I, I said this in our first rehearsal. Um, I was like, when I read Haley's script, I was still working on the script for Garden of Edith and I was really wrestling with it. And I was so jealous that the script was so good because I was like, oh, this person's already written their play and it's excellent. <laughs> so they don't even have to worry about it anymore. Um, so I just loved it a lot. And so of course I wanted to be involved and, and, and join it. And, um, uh, I ended up finishing my own play and it turned out good too. Uh, so that was a relief and, um, you know, here I am. Can vouch for that. Turned out good indeed. Yeah. Thanks Shannon. I'm, I've been, again, you know, when the pandemic hit and your company started popping up doing more of these kinds of audio dramas, I think I'm really excited for what else you guys can bring to Kingston art scene in general for stitches, you know, kind of experts in this. So uh, I'm, I'm glad to know you through shortwave now. Um, Billy, how about you? Uh, what brought you in the direction of radio theater? Why radio theater? Why Billy? Okay. So I guess in the context of shortwave, um, I too was envious of Haley, but from, <laughs> from, I guess, uh, she first told me about shortwave, um, you know, when she was writing music for Risha. And I was like, oh, that sounds like such a cool thing, man. 
why didn't I get involved in that? But I guess probably from like a writer's perspective, since that's more of the medium that I'm used to. I'm like, I don't know, I really haven't had like um, a lot of experience playwriting and it wasn't really what was driving me at the time. A lot of that was like my poetic drive. So I, I kept on that train. Um, and then, you know, I sort of had my insider look into things and Haley, you know, sending, uh, sending myself and some other friends like drafts of half past lunchtime and being like oh yeah like look at this project that i'm working on and i was like oh man this is so cool and um then i was helping Haley like go over the audition process and then Haley was like billy why don't you audition and then i was like i guess i could <laughs> so i just sort of snuck in there at the last minute um and Honestly, radio theater has been something on my mind. Again, like as a kid, I would listen to radio, like CBC Radio 1 um, a lot. Uh, I was definitely a vinyl cafe kid. Uh, <laughs> and uh, it was just, I don't know, again, being able to do something, listen to the voice. Also, as a spoken word poet and a, a storyteller, there's a lot that you can communicate with just intonation and um, you know, the rhythm of the way you speak and how you bring the tones, um, like whatever tonality you have with your voice, you can really communicate a lot with that. And I think, I think I lost my train of thought, but anyways, uh, <laughs> uh, I'm really happy to have found my way into this festival and uh, radio theater as well. I, I feel lucky to have had this chance and this insight. Oh yeah, and that was, that was the thing I was gonna say is that um, it's cool to be saying somebody else's work. I'm so used to reading my own things and being different versions of myself on a stage. Whereas as an actor, I get to mold myself into somebody else and have to think about like, how are they thinking when they say this? Um, so it's it's kind of like have to step back from the ego of just like well what am i thinking what am i doing it's like okay well what are they thinking what are they doing <laughs> how can i do I them it. service <laughs> i love it billy has has cr crossed into the fourth wall wahaha lucky us uh anthony uh i know you got to head out soon so i just wanted to offer you do you have any other final thoughts you want to add before you go you're muted you're muted <sighs> I, I do. Um, I, I have to say, I'm, I'm almost envious. I'm almost jealous uh, for the listener who, um, who has just experienced this, um, this fine piece of audio drama for the first time. Um, we're very close to the material at this point because we've gone through the rehearsal process and the reading process before then and casting um, and, and then listening to various you know, various mixes as, as, as the audio play comes together. But uh, it's interesting because sometimes if you have that experience and you hear something or you watch something over and over and over again, you do become a little uh, desensitized to it. Um, it. It becomes a little more mechanical to you. Um, I, I've listened to the entire audio play through probably about six or seven times now. Um, and, and I have to say that every time I, I listen to it, I'm, I'm picking up additional nuances in the script and also in the performances of the actors um, and, uh, and, and, and in the music. And most importantly, I enjoy it every time. 
you know, I, I, I enjoy it. It's something, it's, it's almost like a little bit of, um, it's, it's, it's almost like a little bit of, of, uh, you know, of comfort food or a little glass of wine sitting on the patio after a long day. And it's like, oh, this is just a lovely slice of life. And, uh, and, and again, it's a testament to somebody that we haven't mentioned as well as, uh, is Chancellor uh, Merkel, who, uh, who, who was our sound engineer on this, who did a, did a wonderful job bringing it all together in post-production. Um, all of these actors here that, uh, that you're hearing and that you've heard in the audio play, um, are all very, very talented. They're very skilled. Uh, they just bring a wonderful energy to their roles. And, uh, and again, I really can't say enough about Haley's script. Haley's music, um, Haley uh, as an artist who's just brimming with talent, uh, uh, that, that, that leaves me almost seething with jealousy and envy too, because she is so darn talented. But uh, I, I honestly can't wait um, to see where she goes as an artist and also can't wait to see where all of these other actors go as well and hope that we all get to come together um, and play, uh, play in your ear canals again. Oh, thank you. Thank you, Anthony. Thanks so much. Really such a pleasure to work with you. And uh, all right. So, you know, Anthony kind of touched on it here and I want to bounce another question back to you about the play itself. So I too, when I read this script was immediately enamored um, and, you know, it's a, it's a really killer script, but I, I think one of the other reasons I was so enamored is I've got a real interest in kind of ordinary life and looking at it deeply and cherishing it deeply and challenging it deeply. So this question is like a bit of a jumping off point again, because I am just very into learning about you all, but I'm curious about what other kinds of ordinary magic, everyday magic that you're all, you're, you're witnessing in your lives these days and interpret that as you will, um, you know, no wrong answer, however it means to you. So we'll start with Haley then Elizabeth, Shannon, and Billy. So go ahead, Haley. Um, yeah, I was, sorry, one second. I think my, my mic did something weird. So um, I went to the Puppets Up Festival in Elmont this summer, um, and I saw a bunch of pretty magical puppet shows. Um, and the final one I saw was by a performer called the stunt ventriloquist um and it was hilarious the kids in the audience were laughing their heads off and it was like warranted you know sometimes things are funny on a couple of levels but maybe like not for everyone but it was genuinely excellent comedic acting um and this guy had this uh puppet who was a parrot named crackers and i was like I'm sure I've seen a guy performing with a parrot named Crackers before. Like, this is like a very familiar, like, childhood, grew up in Ottawa, probably have seen a lot of the performer's memory. It's like a parrot named Crackers. Like, I remember my mom explaining to me the phrase Polly Wanna Cracker and that that was why that was the parrot's name. And I was thinking about this because I was like, huh, this is feels really familiar, but I remember the parrot being alive. Um, and I was like, oh, I must have been a pretty young kid like like just kind of having that moment of like having seen something as a younger person and having had this total like no disbelief to suspend just like you know it's a puppet but the puppet's a person and and it's just this like really rude parrot who's <laughs> who's hilarious and then I guess getting to watch that again and getting to to find that same kind of like side splitting enjoyment and also yeah to have kind of one of those 
uncanny moments where you, you remember something. It's like, I really thought it was the parrot talking. Anyway, shout out to the stunt ventriloquist. That was my ordinary summer magic. I love it. Shout out to you, stunt ventriloquist. You should do shortwave one time. Elizabeth, how about you? What kind of ordinary magic are you seeing in your life these days? Well, these days have been a bit, um, not a great many of the usual things have been going on, but the, the ordinary magic that I've seen this summer has been in my back garden. Nature was going around doing its thing. Uh, even though I live right in the middle of Kingston in what you might call a city, birds of various kinds, including a hummingbird who visited my runner bean flowers, fireflies in their season. We saw a garter snake basking in the sunshine. We have a rabbit occasionally. We often have a chipmunk, sometimes two. And of course, there are those ubiquitous squirrels and plants that coexist with one another. They go through their cycles of growth, growing, flowering, seeding, changing, changing color, dying back. I've had the pleasure of making jam from gooseberries from my own bush. I had to get them before the squirrel did. And just watching bees and other insects enjoying their work of pollination and other insects falling prey to the pictures of my Nepenthes, which has got pictures, pictures which will even take wasps. Yeah, a lot of things go on, and it's nice to, to see them and to feel that they allow me to see them. Oh, that's beautiful, Elizabeth. It's, again, one of the reasons I love this play is because, you know, I'm a big believer in, in abundance theory and understanding that what we need is here already, and we just got to look for it and keep each other safe and keep each other fed. And uh, I think that's really one of the core things about this play, which is like, God, you can't write this stuff. Like, it's actually just life, and it's actually just beautiful and hilarious at the same time. So. Yeah. Shannon, how about you? Ordinary magic. Um, I also love ordinary magic and um, being in love with the everyday. And uh, I do believe that I, I had a, a very busy summer. It's funny that that the show that I wrote for the festival is about um, a house move. And uh, this summer I went through a house move um, and uh, we it was very busy. And on one day I, um, we went to the Lemoyne point because I wanted to make sure that I was having fun every day. Um, and, uh, we brought the dogs out there and, you know, they were sniffing around and I was wearing like these like denim overalls with shorts. And, um, it was really beautiful and the water looked so good. And I waded thigh deep into the water and I rolled up my shorts and I just like the sun was setting and I just stood there in the water um, and uh, and it was uh, wonderful. And uh, that was uh, when I cast my mind around to, to where I magic moments were this summer. I think that was definitely one of them of just experiencing, you know, this beautiful 
setting that we get to enjoy in Kingston. Um, that's just one of them. It's just one of our wonderful waterfronts. And then on that day, it was so quiet and, and warm and, and peaceful. Oh, Shannon, thank you for sharing. I'm really grateful for all of you for sharing these with me. It's like really nice to relive them and see them again <laughs> or listen to them again through your your experience. Billy, how about you, my friend? So I think mine is definitely in the physical sense. If I thought about like a really moment that was like, whoa, that was cool. I went tandem biking this summer. Context. I do not know how to ride a bike. <laughs> so um, my my lovely friend Laura um, was like, yeah, I'll go tandem biking. Let's go tandem biking. And uh, she took the front seat. We rented it from Ohoy Rentals um, just by the water and we tried it out. And at first I was really nervous because like I've tried to ride a bike like many times and failed and it's humiliating. It's like, <laughs> it's like, ah, oh, this is the one thing everybody is like, oh yeah, it's just like learning how to ride a bike. I'm like, ah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, we started getting on this bike and it was just like feeling the balance, like actually sort, sort itself out and being able to like feel the way that like she was holding her weight and then the way that I was like able to follow that. And then we were biking and then I'm like, I'm biking. I'm on a bike. This is what it feels like to be on a bike. We're going down the hill. We're not even pedaling. I'm like, we're just moving. We're just balancing on these two, four, or however many wheels are on this thing. And <laughs> also just like all of the comments of people like just watching being like, oh yeah, we should do that sometime. Or like, you know, if there's a group of three people, they'd be like, oh, I wonder if they have those for three people. Like it was just, um, cool like in the hour that we had it rented to it wasn't even that long being able to bike by the waterfront and I, I keep on calling it like a bike simulation <laughs> like I wasn't driving the bus but I was it felt like it because I just got to like copy everything that was happening um and I was pedaling I was balancing um so that was like a really special moment for me and I'm, I'm grateful to have done that <laughs> great oh I love it I love it. I love it. Two wheels, four wheels, 10 wheels, you know. Uh, okay. So just only a few questions left and I might squish some of them in together, but I, I wonder if each of you could speak to your, your hope for the future of theater making here in Kingston. Like, what are you, what are you hoping for? Um, you know, whether this is a new community that you're welcoming you're, you're finding yourself in or whether it's a community you've been a part of for a long time I wonder what you're wishing for for the future so maybe this time we'll go Billy Haley Shannon Elizabeth mixing it up all right Billy go ahead so I am definitely very fresh to this community <laughs> um I feel like being a part of shortwave I feel like I am acquainted with the people at shortwave but i still feel maybe distanced from the kingston theater community as a whole so i still strongly identify with like being with the poetry community but in general like performance arts um i really do just hope uh, that there's more storytelling of the ordinary things you know um like what happened um over the past two years like people who were writing about it or maybe didn't have the capacity to write about it at the time 
like there's a lot that can be expressed and even touching on that ordinary magic right like there is so much that happens and that has happened that like if you try to pitch it as a story it's like oh that would never happen you know like that's just how life works um so i really hope uh to see more of that and i think especially what's lovely about this place just like again how familiar it feels how local it feels um to really have something that like people can like within the airwaves of kingston can like hear and identify with um and i think that's really special because you you can have somebody listening and honestly anybody in other any other city can be like oh yeah that's my neighborhood but here like people listen to her they're like oh yeah i know that thing i know that thing i know what they're talking about it's like a special little thing that you have the amount of people living in and around skeleton park who may even recognize elements of this play i'm sure yeah billy i love that for me, I can't remember who said it. Some important scholar that I should be embarrassed for forgetting said like all theater is local. It's always local, right? Like, you know, you have to do it in the here and now. So it means there is some sort of local element. And I really like that you've spoken to that, Billy, even though radio theater is a bit different. It's broadcast by geography. Like what a gift. You know, one of my favorite things about this festival is it's accessible like anthony was saying earlier like this festival is broadcast in prisons in kingston it is free you know if you have a radio station you you can access this right so i think you know i i'm, I'm really excited about that kind of local element as well um haley hope wish future haley oh boy um i well one thing i wanted to say is i i find the local thing really interesting because a lot of, I guess, kind of as I was writing it and talking to people about it, and even um, Mo, as you were like doing some dramaturgy with me, it's really interesting how many kind of, um, I guess, like assumptions about specificities happen. And like, I think that's a good thing that people like hold on to this and are like, oh, it's clearly this place, or like, this is clearly my neighborhood. And I'm like, now nah, that's something my mom said in Ottawa or um, <laughs> like, that's not the park I was picturing at all, but it is the park we have an arts festival in. So I guess that's the, that's the park that most people will imagine. Like it, it, it is really interesting how like people, and I, I think to an extent this, or, or hmm, I, I also had these kinds of questions of like trying to draw clear parallels between characters and people I know. Um, and it's like, I, writers make things up like it's like like th there's this kind of sense and I think especially um women as writers and as musicians get this a lot that like things have to be so autobiographical or think that things there's this assumption that um that everything is kind of representing reality when um or, or I guess that, that there's like a more direct connection to reality or a direct realism that um yeah sometimes feels like like kind of like a limiting way of of looking at things and that's not to say that like I, I agree with what Billy's saying about um that having having things that feel more real to uh Kingston is like a uh what's it called a, a good ambition a good way of um moving theater into a way that people can resonate with more but I guess I don't know I'm kind of the <laughs> Another reason why I'm not a spoken word poet anymore is that I'm a little bit allergic to this like 
I am the I and everything is true and everything is about me because it's fiction, baby. And fiction is true. And like, like a lot of, a lot of the time writing kind of adjacent to something is how you really work through the specific things for yourself. Anyway, that's a little abstract. The words I had written down for this question, um, I think patience and flexibility are both things that I want to see both in theater and in all kinds of creative and academic and community processes. Um, I think there's a lot that we learned during what some people are calling the pandemic and I will call the beginning of the pandemic um, because it's still an ongoing pandemic. Um, there are a lot of things like we learned how to, for example, I have a cold right now and we're still meeting over Zoom and that's that's really cool. And um, there, like, I think there's a lot of features of pandemic era access that are now being dropped when they're still really useful and when that kind of flexibility like meeting in person is great I was really glad that we got to record in person together and I was glad that um like with the way things have gone and the way vaccines have been made available it was a lower risk decision to decide to record in person together but I also think that um there's a sort of disappointing way that I've seen it's kind of like an all or nothing. It's like, we're either pretending that there is no pandemic or um, totally deciding that things can't be done. And, and I think we've learned through the past few years that like, there's a lot of flexibility and that um, even just, I mean, how many emails did it take to schedule this meeting? Like patience, you have to <laughs> uh, allow for, I guess, kind of more time and more human and feeling um no I totally I totally agree with you Haley like one of my principles as an artist is around unpreciousness and I think that you know it's good to take things of value seriously but it's also good to remember that we live on a rock and I think that this kind of patience and flexibility and also willingness to compromise willingness to meet in the middle willingness to keep each other safe um, I agree. I hope that's a, that those are, those are sentiments that continue. I agree. Uh, Shannon. So we only have a few more minutes, but I want to hear still from Shannon and from Elizabeth on um, hopes and wishes for the future of, of theater in Kingston. So Shannon, go ahead. Yeah. I mean, I agree with a lot of what I, with what Haley said. Um, I might even go so far as to say, I agree with all of what Haley said, other than I am the, I, I am the great authority. <laughs> no. Um, uh, a big thing for me when I was writing my own play was I I remember calling one of my collaborators and saying like, I want to take this stance or I want to discuss this issue in a way that is accessible to the audience, but I don't know the answer to the issue and I don't know the solution to the issue. Um, and is that okay that I don't know the answer? And, and really, I'm just kind of playing with this, not playing with it, but I'm exploring the issue uh, through writing. And so I, I absolutely agree with everything that Haley said. Um, and as far as the future of um, performance in Kingston, um, I mean, for myself, I certainly intend to continue in the radio space. Um, I don't see myself returning to, uh, you know, live stage um, just personally for my career any, in the near future, at the very least. Um, and uh, I hope that we can keep making more art that reflects the people who live here and the passions of the people who live here. And for me, that means making more audio plays about uh, life in Kingston and um, what that means to me. 
Um, so that's my stance. And I also want to say, while I have the airtime, I got a, I got dropped from the call for a second when Billy was talking about uh, tandem biking. And I just want to say to Billy directly, uh, tandem biking, I have done it. It is harder than regular biking. So the idea that you did tandem biking and we're like, oh, this is training wheels for when I do a real bike. Like, no, no, no. You, you skipped walking and you sprinted down a hill on wheels. Like, that's so much harder than regular biking. Uh, and I just needed to tell you that uh, because, yeah, tandem biking was one of the hardest things that I have ever done with my partner. Uh, we did it on our first anniversary. And at the end of it, I was like, this was such a test of our relationship. And I think we passed. So <laughs> prop, props to you, Billy and Laura. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Gotta gas, gas you up for what's due. Oh, thanks, Shannon. And again, like <laughs> like I said earlier, I'm really excited to see kind of what what you and your collaborators come up with in the future too. And I'm glad to have it part of the festival. I'm glad to have you part of the festival as well. Elizabeth, yeah. your hopes your wishes for the future. Go ahead. I'll try to keep it short. I just wish that King, that Kingston, the theatre in Kingston in all sorts of varied forms will thrive and will remain known and enjoyed as an essential part of life and learning and communication. And I wish that it would get as much money as sports do. Yes, I love it. Everybody in the call is emphatically nodding along with this. Oh, thank you all so much for joining me for this conversation. I really have to say, and Haley knows this, um, you know, early, early when, when you submitted the play, Haley, like I was immediately drawn to it. Um, I think you're a real fierce writer and, and musician. And I'm, I'm really, really grateful that you brought this piece to all of us uh, and to the airwaves at CFRC. You should be really proud of yourself. It was really beautiful. Haley smiles. All right, y'all, let's wrap up here. Um, yeah, let's let's just wrap up there, I suppose. I did say an hour, so that's it. Uh, thank you so much for listening. This was a talk back from the cast and crew and creative of Half Past Lunchtime that you just heard in the CFRC Shortwave Radio Theater Festival 